News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio, where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with me like always, Rick and Jill Van Dyke. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Here we are. We're back live again, all together. Together again. Together again. again. Yeah. It's like we should start singing. It's like that Muppet song. <laughs> together again. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what that's from. Exactly. <laughs> What's that? That's oh, from. Exactly. Leave it to you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, welcome to the show, and thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, yeah, this is our first show together for the for the new year. Rick and I did one already, but uh, here we are, and uh, there's a dead plant in front of me. It's not dead. It's still alive. We're going to talk about that guy. I don't know. It's kind of dead okay. looking. Well, the flowers have finished blooming, but the plant is still <laughs> has a lot of life. We're going to talk about that. What else are we going to talk about today, guys? <laughs> well, I was looking outside. Look at the hoarfrost. Isn't it it's beautiful? Incredible, yeah. I just love mornings like this yeah. when you can get up. The sun has already started to come up. It still like looks almost like it has a blue haze everywhere. There's a little bit of fog, and we have this hoarfrost. And is it horror frost or horror frost? I we'll have to look it up. But anyways, <laughs> this is the year of that. Yes, like it's been it is. it's been many it's days been of that. So yeah. beautiful. You know? Get, getting that Pacific air coming, making it to the prairies, right? And the That's... weather's gonna be so warm today. I think it's minus eight right now, and it's gonna even get warmer later on today. Well, and the forecast is looking really good for the rest of the week. Like it's yeah. it's single down, digit minus temperatures and again. Down south it's been like even warmer, like Minus three, I think, in a lot of places. So. What I need to do in my backyard is I've noticed the snow has built up along the sides of my house, especially near my windows and doors. So we're going to get out into the backyard a little bit today and clear some of the snow away. I think looking at some runoff areas is really important this time of year to do so that later on when it melts. Here, I think it's, it's also, I mean, maybe we'll make this a home home show or whatever. But um, um, remember, <laughs> too, that, you know, what I've noticed, too, that we have issues and we've had issues at the garden center is that, uh, you know, ice damming on the roof. And so look at getting yourself one of those roof rakes because you don't want to climb up on the roof, especially in the wintertime, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And the roof rakes are great because you can, you can pull the snow off the right where basically where the worst part is, right where the eave is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's where the snow is there and, and the, the, all the snow is on top of the roof. So it melts underneath from the heat of the house and then it gets to the eave. And then, of course, there's no heat from the house coming up anymore and it freezes. And then it keeps damming up and goes underneath the shingles and into your into your house. So yeah. Uh, so just by pulling down that snow off of there, then it makes it so that that ice will freeze underneath there, and you won't get the you won't get the, um, the so much of the um, of the water building up back. And then you know when the sun comes out, even when it's really cold, it just gets rid of that ice after a while. So and a lot of the older homes struggle a little bit more with this than yeah. some of the newer ones do a little bit better just because of. Yeah. Newer technology with insulation and, and design and things like that. But right. so those roof rakes have long handles. Yeah. And they just pull, you can just pull the snow off right from the ground. And, and also your landscaping, uh, make sure that you're, when you do pull that snow off, make sure that if you got any, um, you know, vents that for your furnace that comes outside of the house, just I make sure I was going to mention that I've got one that a drift keeps going. I have yeah. to keep clearing it. Just make it. sure you don't clear it. We don't want to have anybody, you know, with, uh, with the carbon monoxide poisoning in the houses and that. So make sure you keep all those vents clear. Very important. Yeah. You know, and even your air to air exchanger if it's down lower. So making sure that it's getting fresh air coming into your house all the time. So those around the landscape is the things you watch for in the wintertime that we forget about. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Best case is your furnace or your water heater stops and just turns itself off. But yeah. worst case, like you say, there's potential for yeah. carbon monoxide. So exactly. got to watch out for that too. Mm -hmm. uh, 
H O A R, hoarfrost. Hoarfrost. That's what I thought. Yeah. And I think it's named after the hair like look that it has on the leaves, if I remember Egg, correctly. You are right. Yes, exactly. That is exactly it. But man, oh man, we had a ton of that. It's, it's out today, but it, there's been some incredible days. And I want to say, mm, was it last weekend? There was a last weekend. I think it was on Saturday or Sunday. There was a blue sky sunny day. Yep. And the hoarfrost was out. Wow. Oh, so great. That was, those are like, you just imagine all the photographers just running around like mad that day, I you know? I was going to say, get your cameras, get your family together. Now, talking <laughs> about around the yard, yeah. okay, uh, out in the community that I'm in, everybody's been, um, everybody's been talking about the deer. Okay. And the deer, and I've been hearing that over and over and over again. The especially deer, because, acreages and, and rabbits too. Yeah, and rabbits, but the deer especially, uh, uh, with the amount of snow we have this winter, and then on top of that, how cold it was in December, the deer are hungry. And they're moving into people's yards, and I gets it's just amazing. Even my yard, they're just, you know, there's drifts that are like three, four feet tall, and this and the deer are digging through those to get down to my newly planted grass that I put last year because it's still green underneath there, right? <laughs> and uh, but then when they go through, they catch one of my pine trees and a, it's a large tree. So, anyways, I uh, in our little chat we have a WhatsApp chat for the whole community. Oh, neat! And everybody keeps asking, okay, what's the best way? keep deer out of the yard. So that's a question I want to ask everybody here today. What's your best remedy? I mean, mine has always been... Your uh, yard looks like Whoville right now. Yeah, Whoville, it's uh, it's got snow, a bunch of snow, snow fences, fences around my bright prize, my prize plants, all my snow fences around it. But <laughs> otherwise, a, you know, a deer fence, but you have to make that almost seven and a half feet tall, right? And another one is, is just a, a good outside dog. <laughs> You know, well, in the summer, there's other options, right? There are yeah. those those sprinklers that yeah. you can use, yeah. And there's critter ritter in the summer. They probably in the summertime because they won't go after the trees as much in the summertime. Yeah, but they'll go after your garden, right? So how do you keep them out of the garden? So that's easier because that's a smaller area, right? You can put a fence just around the garden. Not to but, mention you can actually go outside and work on that too. Yeah. Like you know, when it's yeah. when it's not nice out, or even if it's yeah. we got four feet of snow, are you going to trudge through that? You know, but but, yeah. yeah, but how do you keep them out of your yard in the winter time? So that's a question I want to. If anybody can uh, tune in here and 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 give us a text or call about how they keep deer out of their yard. There's a lot of people that are interested in how to that happen, especially this year. It's it's been it's been one of the bigger years I've ever heard of. People talk about the deer coming in the yard and what they've been just eating everything. I, I think I had three people come into the store on Friday asking me that exact same question yeah. really? with, their, with their acreages. They're yeah. just, they're struggling or they maybe planted some new trees along a wind break and the new trees are like all eaten up. Uh, well, and the you thing spend is, a lot of money and, it, and it, every year you lose a plant, you lose a year, right? Yeah, Especially, right. right? So, I mean, cause you got to replant it and start again. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big one. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting one how people, I went out there one night, uh, at just after about between, between midnight and one o'clock in the morning a couple of nights. Mm-hmm. And I went with a dog on my leash and went out there and chased him off. And, uh, Sadly to say for my neighbors, sorry neighbors, <laughs> that deer went to the neighbor's yard, neighbor's yard, but they didn't, they ended up didn't come back. They didn't end up coming back for, uh, that for WhatsApp chat's going to be lighting up <laughs> yeah, right for now. about four days. They didn't come back, but now they're coming back again. So, yeah. 
Well, and the question I, you know, it's it's not that we don't want them to eat. It's that they yep. just that go eat the natural stuff, right? Like yep. go eat the shrubs and the bushes yep. that are wild and growing near the sloughs. Can you know, you sprinkle some feed in the middle of the lake for them, maybe. How about a yeah. sign? Just yeah. like do yeah. not eat here. Do not eat here. I, I have some people that they, they phone me up and, and, and I think we need better solutions, Jay. <laughs> but, well, there are those deer crossing signs on the highway, <laughs> that's right? That's true. where they're supposed to cross. Yeah, yes. the the deer and the moose crossing signs. But my best ones yet is that people tell me is that okay. Uh, how do I keep the deer from eating my trees? I feed them out in the yard all the time. I feed them, you know, hay and 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 some some oats and everything else, and then they keep eating my trees. And I say, sorry, I can't help you. You put feed out, you're going to just draw more, and, and then yeah. they're going to have dessert. <laughs> you fed them the main meal. Now they have dessert on your apple trees that's right. and everything else. Yeah, right? you've you've attracted them to your yard yeah. in the first place. Yeah. So that's number one. That's number one is in the summer or all year round. Yeah. Don't be doing things that would attract deer to attract your yard, deer, yeah. right? Especially if you don't exactly. want to eat your plants. Yeah. We'll see if we can figure this out. So that, for you, the listener, that's our question right yep. now is what can you do to keep deer away or what have you done that's worked? Yes. one 332 8255 Give us a call there. Uh, give us a text to the same number as well. We're going to take a quick break right now. We're going to come back talk about this dead plant in front of me. <laughs> and, it's and not mo- dead. <laughs> and more. <laughs> I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980. CJME. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyke. We're talking about how to get, get uh, deer and the critters and other things out of your yard. Yep. We'll get Paul's call in just a moment. One of our regulars, Les and Corning, you know, things are not quite as rosy around the rest of the province as they are here where yes. we are. Uh, Les and Corning said they had a quarter inch of rain. Trees oh, are heavily coated and, and roads are skating rinks. So be careful. Even stepping out your door is pretty, uh, pretty dicey. Yep. That can be tough on trees though when we get that much freezing oh, yeah. rain. Yeah. Cause you just, you could, the branches will break and those kind of things as well, right? So just be careful. Don't be taking a, a shovel out there and banging them off. You know, just let the sun do its thing. It and comes, I always talk to my out. children when it gets like that too. Like they shouldn't be going and hanging on the trees, or sometimes they'll be out tobogganing and like going near the trees and banging on them, and that's when you get snap branches. Too. Right, yeah. right. Especially the coated with ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get very, very heavy, right? Yeah. Now, if a branch does break, they'll want to make sure that it's a clean break, yeah. number one, and that it's not sort of ripping the bark going down the stem. So they mm. want to help the yeah. tree a little bit and finish yeah. cutting that you branch off. You might have off. to go there, yeah, do that before, like, like Joe was saying, that's important because when it usually falls, does fall down. So if you are going to go out there, you have to be almost like hold, hold the, if it's a smaller branch, hold it up and then... And then just carefully tap, you know, tap the the branches. You break some of the ice off, uh, you know, if you want. Yep. But if you do it near the tips, it'll just break those little branches, all those little tips right off, right? Right. Okay, let's go to the phone lines, 1-877-332-8255. Paul's waiting patiently in Saskatoon. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're having a great day. Great day, too. We are. Good, good. Yeah, you know, I figured out how to deal with deer and rabbits uh, a couple years ago. Okay. Um, I went and bought myself uh, a few bales of Timothy hay. Okay. And uh, they much prefer that hay than they do your trees and everything else. So I just put it on the outside at the end of the driveway, and uh, that's where they, they feed. They don't come into the yard. They don't want nothing. Every once in a while, you got to go kick the snow off. And uh, I got rabbits eating there. I got the deer eating there, and they don't—they don't even bother coming in my yard. And, and they, so they don't come and have dessert on some of your apple trees or anything like that after that, do they? No. Is that right? Not at all. They, okay. they get full on the hay, and away they go. And how far away is that pile of hay from your yard? Uh, it's in the—it's in the ditch. 
just on the outside of my yard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like, you know, a, a 30 second walk from your door kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. So pretty close. But, oh yeah. Well, and so, that's their, that's their route. Like yeah. that's where they come through you know, that's their usual route. They come through. So I just put it in their path and they feed on that and head off on their way once they've had their fill. So I guess the trick is, Paul, probably is keeping it, the supply there, right? <laughs> the supply there, yes. Like, like, has it ever happened where it's run out and then they, they have come into your yard or you just stay on top of it all the time? I stay on top of it all the time. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. There's a guy that's fairly, you know, about five miles away and he's got all these bales up. The small bales of Timothy Hay. Yep. So I've got, I picked up four this year. I probably have one left. And uh, that should be good for, you know, hopefully. But if not, I can always go pick up some more. That's a, that's an interesting, uh, you know, different perspective yeah. because, yeah, that's that's neat to hear. Well, they like the green stuff, right? Because that's what they're after our grasses for because it's it's high energy value for them, right, when it's so cold. I don't well, know. That's right. And, it, the, and battling them, you can't, you can't fight them. You, you can't fight these guys because they'll jump your fence. They'll, they'll tear. I, I had... Uh, snow fence up there before and uh, chicken wire and everything they tear it right down just to get at the trees so so did you have a, a like a deer issue before this before you started feeding them um, yeah yeah always always rabbits too rabbits are another one they don't even come in the yard anymore they just go for the hay very cool very cool yeah. story yeah awesome okay yeah, as long as you monitor it make sure they don't move from there into the yard <laughs> but like i said yeah. you probably have some other yards that are that, that that the trail's heading somewhere else where there's greener pastures further up as well so that's one thing that's good well that's right and yeah. and you know <laughs> they're not coming in here i you know I, I tell my neighbors what to do but you know that's up to them but yeah. uh yeah good I, I just do do what you can for yourself keep it simple yeah, no, that's that's oh, a nice approach. Keep it simple. I like Very that. Very nice. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for the call. That's awesome. Have a great day. Take care. Thanks a lot. one 8255 So there's somebody who's had a different experience, right? Exactly. That's, that's, so what, you know, and some things may, you have to give it a try, right? Yeah. My kid's dad dumped my bag of alfalfa pellets in my backyard in Stonebridge one time. And we attracted so many rabbits that year, and they would just come. We had all the rabbits in our yard. There was so much <laughs> rabbit poop everywhere in this thing. <laughs> well, and that's what the one in, the, in our chat on the WhatsApp chat. People were also worried about not just the rabbits eating the deer, but all the urine that whether it would destroy the grass in the spring rest mm-hmm. as well, right? Because there's such a concentration. Like out around their place, I saw them the other, the other day. There's a whole. Uh, whole bunch of rows of poplars which protect the whole subdivision you know right from, yeah from the from northwest the winds from the highway and there's like 60 deer in those poplars during the day and at nighttime they move into everybody's yards right oh, okay. and so the, there's there's a lot down there we have about 30 at our end they have about 60 down at the other end wow so okay he's got a couple moose as well that like yeah well they, were, they stay across the lake yes they haven't come across the deer keep we watch the deer come across every day just about and the moose have stayed across the lake so that's good Maybe the moose. I don't know. Because the moose, do moose, will, do moose it, cross lakes? Do they? Oh, do they do that? They'll go anywhere. I mean, those yeah. things. And once they get into your yard, they eat everything. Oh jeez, <laughs> everything. Eat the siding <laughs> off your house. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't let my kids start calling them in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they get their moose calls. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. So we want to hear if you had any experiences like Paul or anything else that you got. You know, come across ideas that you've used or things that have worked to keep those deer and rabbits and yeah. things like that from eating all your plants in the winter. So we'd yeah. love to hear about it. Okay, uh, we have a plant in front of us right now. We've got about three minutes to talk about this. We can start at least. Mm-hmm. You brought in a bulb. 
Yeah, I brought brought in this bulb, and this is kind of a neat bulb. It's an amaryllis bulb. Right. Um, A lot of people have these for Christmas. Christmas flower. Now, the neat thing about this one is coated in wax. And the reason why I brought this one in is um, my kids actually gave them as gifts to their teachers this year, and I had a few sitting around the house. And as you can see, Jay, it's not dead, but it looks like it's finished (laughs) blooming. It's not dead, yes. (laughs) So I'm just going to simply take off the, the dead flowers on this one if there's a flower that's still this one's still opening actually it's going to still oh, continue okay. to bloom so so to describe it to you guys it's a kind of a gold colored wax in this bulb there's a bract that one single stem coming out of it there's a piece yeah. of wire about, stuck in the bottom to yeah, hold it up right yeah right? there's a little piece of wire stuck actually jammed in the bottom it has a base and then uh and then it is yeah one 12 foot or 12 inch i should say uh stem coming out of it there's sort of one flower left and one scraggly flower left, Yeah, right? my other one at home has some nice, beautiful green leaves on it. This one didn't get any leaves yet, but um, the the wax on it is going to keep the moisture in the bulb so that it you don't have to water it while it's blooming and growing. Right. So the first thing I'm going to do once I'm finished um, seeing this one bloom over the season is the wax has done its purpose. Oh, so Jill's actually I'm, peeling it off. I'm peeling the wax off of it, and under the wax is almost like they put a balloon in on here. So oh. see, it's like this rubber Yeah, it, it probably is a like a type of balloon or a piece yeah. of so I'm going to peel that off too and it helps then get the moisture in right you can, sure you can actually see that how much moisture is in this bulb still and I have not watered this once all through the season so I'm just going to peel you can see I'm peeling away some it's of these kind of like, like an onion onion and taking the skin off, all the outside skin off yeah, the onion. It's outside of, you, skin you get off the dry the stuff off so you, as soon as you hit the white stuff it's you know it's still alive and the reason why i'm doing that is because this this part here it's it's like dead fiber and it's just gonna decay away and i don't want that next to my bulb when i put into the soil so i'm just gonna kind of peel that away um and if you need to you can use like a paring knife or something just sort of lift it a little bit and i have a paring knife here and then i brought a small um pot now as you can see that this bulb is probably about two and a half um, almost three inches in diameter. Yep. It is honestly the size of a typical cooking onion. Cooking a tip, onion. You know, a yep. white or a yellow onion. Yep. So I would pick a pot that's about an inch in diameter bigger than the bulb. Now we have about three, 30 seconds we left. About, we got about a minute, yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I set it in the pot. Now I have some soilless potting mix here. So we're going to add... Just some standard, just some standard... Ooh. Planting mix, right? <laughs> we are not making a mess John, at John all. John Irma is going to be happy in the morning with all the dirt all over his table. <laughs> and I'm setting the bulb into the pot, and then I'm going to backfill the soil around it, um, leaving the, the the bulb sort of sticking out. Now, um, it's really important that you don't pack it in too tight. You want to let some air around this. Now, you can also do this with rock, um, as long as you leave about two inches of rock at the bottom, so that when you water it, the water is just sitting under the bulb and not near the top of the bulb. So we'll talk about a little more care later. Yeah, we're going to come back to this as soon as we get back from the break. News update right now for everybody. We'll finish off how to transplant this amaryllis bulb in just a second, so stick around. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. We're just going to wrap up what we're talking about with this uh, amaryllis bulb really quick and get back to uh, uh, Elaine, who's waiting on Spring Rally to talk about some deer solutions. So hang on, Elaine. We'll be right back to you. So we've kind of got this amaryllis in a bulb into a pot. There's sort of what I said, just about two inches of the bulb sticking out above the soil, right? Yeah, exactly. So you want this bulb to be sticking on the soil. Now, it's really important watering is key at this point in time. If it's planted in rock, you only want water to sitting sitting below the water level. So the roots are going to grow into that water. 
if you have it planted in soil, you want to allow that soil to dry in between waterings. Do not keep that soil wet all the time. It's very Which important. is different than we would keep like a typical tropical plant moist. Mm-hmm. This one, we want it to actually dry out. We want yeah. it to dry out in between waterings. So you'd stick your fingers down about to your second knuckle. When it feels dry to the touch, then you water it and only then. Now, you're going to keep this in the sun. You can keep fertilizing it and treat it like a house plant. It's going to get some big, beautiful leaves on it, and you're going to treat it like a house plant all summer long. And then in around September, you're going to decrease your watering on that plant again. Um, and then the stalk is going to die back down into the plant. You'll cut that off, and you're going to put it into cold storage for about eight weeks. Mm. And that's what's going to reset the bloom and sort of make it seem like it's a winter season that it's gone through. It has to go through that winter reset season in order to bloom again. So okay. that's really important. And it will usually, from when you take it out of that fridge or freezer, it's going to bloom in about... Not freezer. Fridge. Not freezer. Don't say freezer. Don't say freezer. <laughs> <laughs> that fridge or cold storage area. Uh, <laughs> that would be bad. Do not let it freeze. Um, you're, it's going to bloom in about uh, eight weeks after that. Okay. So if you want it to bloom for New Year's, take it out eight weeks before you want it to bloom. Or Christmas or, or Christmas whatever. Christmas or whenever. Yeah. Uh, okay. And how long do the blooms last? The blooms, I've had some of mine blooming for up to two months. Oh, wow. So kind of like an orchid. Um, I have one at home that has has um, two shoots on it, and the second shoot is blooming, and a third shoot is coming. But new flowers keep coming out of that that stalk, right? Exactly. How long does one's flower last, though? And one's flower lasts maybe about two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so, not too bad. So yeah. quite a long time. And then, um, then a second stock will usually a come And then a second stock will come up. Now, yeah. one of the things is, is it's a bulb that you can carry year, of year, year after year, and the bulb's going to get bigger every year mm-hmm. that you grow. And the bigger the bulb, the more flowers you're going to get, and the bigger the flowers are going to be generally, too. So when you're looking for your bulb in the in the store, when you're looking to buy it, the bigger the bulb, the older the bulb is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay? Right. That's why sometimes even planting it out in the garden will make that bulb grow bigger, right? Well, because then it's got some like, yep. mega light yes. and lots of nutrients, right? Yep, and exactly. rainwater and all that good stuff, yes. right, yep. that we get. Just got to bring it indoors, just like your begonia bulbs and your glad bulbs before it freezes. Yes, so. exactly. You choose a pot that's got a hole in it, that's going to make sure the water drains through it and out of it, right? Absolutely. It's really yeah. important. Don't pick a pot that's too big because it's going to hold too much moisture and yep. pick a pot that has a hole in it with good drainage or you need to have at least two to three inches of rock in the bottom of it. And then the you're pot. not overwatering it then too, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay, we're going to go over to the phone lines. We've been talking about how to get deer out of your yard and we're going to go to Spring Valley to one of our regulars and talk to Elaine. Good morning, Elaine. Good, good morning. morning, guys. Thanks good for morning. the call and thanks for taking my call. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. So as usual. Uh, well, I've I've had some success so far with two shrubs on my my front lawn one is that Evans uh, the Evans cherry tree they, and they the love, cherry tree they love but those. anyway our couple few years ago our son gave us a a set of two uh of those laser light that re, they they revolve yep. uh, there's a little thing inside that revolves and and makes the light flicker ah, okay. and cast shadows and i have those at the front of the house and so far it's keeping the deer away and it did last year too but and I was interested in that man's uh, talking about the Timothy hay. Yep. But all of these things are band aids for a very big wound, very big problem that we have in this province. Yeah. And that is the overpopulation of yep. the deer. Yeah. Uh, in here in our valley, easily a thousand deer roaming around uh, in in the valley in the winter time. Yep. And uh, uh, I do a lot of my driving at night in the hills. And there's just deer all over the place. But not only at night. I see them morning, noon, and night. Yeah. yeah. There's just too many of them. Yep. Certain groups have been allowed to do that. 
at our expense, and now there's huge costs both in the in the trees and what they're eating, and and they they get on the bales, people's bales, and they don't eat. They pee on them. They pee on them, and, and, make, and then uh, make them worthless. You know, the cattle don't want to eat that. Yeah. And I have proposed, and so far it hasn't been done, but I think it is the only thing that's going to solve the problem, and that is to cull the deer. There's many people needing protein, good quality protein, and that's venison. Yeah. And I, I don't think you should slaughter the deer and waste them. I think they should be should be culled, severely culled, yeah. and uh, and the meat uh, you know, put through butcher shops and and be given to people. And there's something that a lot of Saskatchewan people don't realize is that the white-tailed deer was not native to this province. It was introduced, and it's been, been like I say, protected uh, to the point that we are overrun with them. They have become an invasive species. So, Elaine, can you tell us, like, that? we absolutely agree with you. Just to go back to that, that light for a second, uh, is that one of those screw and light bulbs that, you, that would be typically a Christmas decoration? No, that's not You're... mine. Mine are, are on spikes, okay. I, and I just have them uh, against... Uh, they look, look like a spotlight, right? And they just they strobe a light against your house, even beveled, too. They have a beveled surface for okay. one thing, yep. and then the the uh, the light the light. There's something inside that turns. Yep. You can hear it turning, yep. Yep. and that casts shadows. And so far, that is working. But that's the only two two trees. Like people in our area, you know, with new plantings, deer love bulbs and corms and stuff, and they're just pulling them out. Yep. You know, digging down into the snow, and we have a terrible amount of ice here in the valley. Uh, they're digging down into the snow and pulling out their their plantings and stuff, and that's costly. Yeah, they for love sure. Dogwood trees and all that kind of stuff, and they're just uh, they're just relentless because <laughs> they're hungry. I don't blame the four footed creatures. I blame the two footed one uh, who uh, who did this. To yeah, us. no kidding. Well, thanks for the tip today, and we'll we'll we're gonna you know keep that in, in our back pocket yep. for trying that out as well. Well, well. So I think I'm gonna try the strobe as well. Perfect. Thanks, thanks guys. Thanks, Elaine. Take care. I've seen Bye. something similar to that for birds on the top of buildings, and they actually have almost like a yeah. um, a mirror that turns and the sun reflects yep. off of yep. it. And then I've, I've seen a few McDonald's restaurants yeah, and that instead of putting stations. an owl at the top of their yep. building, they have a strobe. Yeah. yeah, that keeps the pigeons away. So similar, similar yep. idea. <laughs> There's a good text here. <laughs> this is from uh, Cameron in North Battleford. It says, good morning. Before Christmas, I heard a, I had a herd of white-tailed deer in my yard for about four days. They were browsing on the shrubs, eating my ornamental crab apples. I got fed up with the young buck that was eating the raspberry bushes, so I opened the upstairs window and yelled at him to leave them alone. <laughs> Startled, he looked around to see where the voice was coming from. When I yelled again, all five of them took off and haven't been back since. <laughs> so maybe just a good scream is uh, works been, works once we need in a while. To put his voice on record. <laughs> been, been there, tried that. <laughs> like I was saying to you earlier in the, before the break, I in the nursery before I put a deer fence around the whole eighty acres, is that I had scare cannons out there with propane powered scare cannons that go off every fifteen minutes, and they would be in the fields like. Not even, uh, not even, not even twenty-five yards away, and they were just grazing on the trees. Didn't care anymore. Didn't care anymore. Yeah. Uh, Julie texted us and said, uh, "Dead leaves for the deer. We got a compost pile back where we dump leaves from the lawn each fall. Yep. This year they didn't get turned into the pile before the snow came. The deer have been eating the leaves the last month." Yesterday morning, I had seven deer there, not having issues with my fruit trees and raspberries now. So I guess it's a similar tactic to what yep. our caller talked about, Paul, yep. 
is that they're eating something else, else. instead of eating your trees yeah. and shrubs. However, Julie's going to have to watch out because if that pile gets exhausted, well, they are, might go after remember, the trees. Remember, now. if you only have six deer, it's not so bad. Now, yes. if you got like we have down at the other end of the subdivision. You got sixty deer. <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be replenishing that 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 hay pile <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Because that's a lot of lot of a uh, lot of animals to feed. So lots to think about with this. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get to a call in a second, Tom. I got to get you to hang on. We're going to get your call as soon as we can. We got to take a quick break first. With Tom, we're going to talk about hydroponics for tomatoes and different vegetables in your house. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty pretty awesome. So stick around, Tom. Love to have your call on in a second. But we're back with more just after this. I'm Jay with Rick and Jill. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Well, can you believe it's the last segment already? Here we are. How did that happen? Rolling through Garden Talk. Exactly. Yeah. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Uh, thanks for joining us. We're going to go to, straight to the phone lines here for somebody who's been waiting patiently. We'll get back to some of the text in just a moment. But uh, going to go to Choice Land right now and talk to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Yes, I was just wondering, um, like, about uh, what could you all grow in the winter time? like once you close down your garden for the fall? And, and like, uh, all the stuff you could grow in your house in the winter, right, to save you money because you know what the prices are going on. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. They, so, you know, so. So you, you can grow all your herbs, you can grow your lettuces, you can grow your tomatoes, you can grow your peppers. Really, um, indoor gardening and urban yeah. gardening is becoming a, a bigger and bigger thing, yeah. especially now that we create these indoor greenhouses or indoor spaces. And a lot of homes, when we're, they're being built, they're actually they're thinking about these things. Yeah. They're making sure that we have a nice south area so we're not needing to supplement with light. Um, and there's also some great options with LED lights. You can get, if you're doing tomatoes, getting a blue light and then switching it to a red light later once the blossoms are there. Um, growing it hydroponically so that you're not having the soil in the mess making sure that you're using the right fertilizers. But yep. light and water um, and nutrients are your biggest things that you're going to need when you're growing your plants indoors. And really, you can grow produce all year round. You just yep. need to make sure you have the right um, medium, the right light, and the right nutrients. Right. That's, so if you're using hydroponics, yep. there are some specifics you got to do for that, right? Because we're not growing it in soil. You, know, you have to watch your pH of your water, you know, checking your pH of your water just like you would a hot tub or anything else, right? Yep. So you're, you're checking your pH of your water. And the other thing, too, is you're adding oxygen to your water. So yep. usually there's a bubbler you're in there bubbling. as well. Mm, yeah, okay. So there's lots of little little tricks you need to know for using that. Using the clay pellets or a cocoa core yep. you can use to, to grow your plants hydroponically. Right. And then using specific fertilizer, something that's a lower nitrogen, um, is really important and yep. then making sure that you're adjusting your light levels whether yep. it's um, the height that it's off the plant when it's growing so that you're moving the light yep. higher as it's as it's growing because you want to make sure that it's it's about six inches off the plant yep. um, and then making sure you have good airflow in that area as well. Uh, airflow is huge. Mm -hmm. Okay yep. all right uh, let's get back to our, our deer tech talk talk anyways. Yep. Uh, we were talking about how to keep deer and other critters out of your yard yes. and we've had Paul and a couple other callers couple other textures talking about how they're, you know, not trying to attract them specifically to the yard, yep. but they're feeding them something else so that they stay away from yep. the things that are underneath the snow or the raspberry bushes or the apple trees and that sort of stuff. Uh, but we had one, one texture point out to make a good point, and that was that, you know, also watch out where you're putting that food that you're giving them because if you're attracting them to the ditch next to the road, 
that's maybe not a good thing either, well, especially right? Especially if it's a high-traffic one. If it's yeah. just a community road, it's not going to be too bad. But if it's a high-traffic road, you know? I think the biggest thing is is just be mindful. Be mindful yeah. of yeah. things. You're, what you're doing is you're creating a, a common path that they're going to be going through every day. Right. And so as you're doing that, being mindful. What? How is this going to affect my neighbors? How is this going to affect the roadways? Those types of yeah, things. And as long right. as we're mindful of it, I yep. think that we'll be fine. Yep. Uh, Scott and Avonlea had a good text. Great Pyrenees keep all the wildlife away. <laughs> I had a shepherd. We had to build the straw house for it. And Ebony. Yeah, she stayed outside. Not a single critter came in my yard. <laughs> just one. She was a just good. Ebony. She, just Ebony. She was awesome. She just lived. She hated coming inside because she'd come inside because we brought her inside in the days it was really cold. Yeah, of course. And we brought her inside and she'd just be panting and panting, just scratching the door saying, I want to get outside. She, she was an outside <laughs> it's dog. It's too hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great at pulling us on the toboggans. Oh, yeah. She was <laughs> Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah and, and a dog like that is yeah. also going to be the king of the castle, right? Yeah. It's going to make sure that there isn't oh, there was, anything else around there. Literally, there's no critters that came in the yard. Yeah, that's, so. that's an idea, too. Uh, let's go to uh, Battleford right now. We'll take one more call in here and talk to Ken. Hi there, Ken. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Thank you. What's your question for us today? Uh, talking about hollyhocks here. I've been trying to get them to grow for a number of years, and and I know they're biannuals, but if there's any... Any of them that can be perennials or that that will come up every year? There is a few varieties. One of my favorites is called Zabrina, and uh, it's kind of a, a pink with a stripe to it. Um, that one will, will bloom almost every year for you. However, it does need to reseed. Um, so I would usually buy a package of seeds and maybe sprinkle a few of those seeds or collect the seeds and then just sprinkle them into the ground too um, so that you kind of have them have them growing up every year. You can also buy those ones as a perennial plant um, and then I sometimes will will stagger my planting, so plant one, and then the next year plant another new one, so that you always have them blooming every year. Does that make sense? What do you call what the name of it? Zebrina is the name of that one. How do you spell that? Z e b r i n a. Z. Z, yeah. as oh, in zebra. E b. E b r i n a. R i n a. Yes. Well, you know, when I go out to the old farm out there, and I see. Hollyhock blooming all the time. I just wonder why I can't do that here, eh? <laughs> I love that you're dreaming about summer already. It's great. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the lady had phoned in and said uh, the white-tailed deer is not uh, native to this um, province or in Canada. They've been around for 150 years. It's uh, black-tail. It's the mule deer. It's not native. Okay. Well, well, that's good. It's good to know. Thanks, Ken, for your call today. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Okay, so we covered a lot today. We yeah. right? did. We Have some it. ideas what to do with the deer, yep. right? There's like like the idea from Elaine was the yep. the lights, the light strobe, the lasers. Lights. I'm, I'm it was try, lasers, right? I'm going to try that. Yeah, that's kind of a neat idea. Exactly. I even just have a Christmas light strobe, so I'm going to try that and see. If, it might be easier than all of your. Uh, yeah. Your lovely. It's got to make sure it's not point. Laser's not pointing toward the neighbor's windows a little. That's the trick, right? You have. Yeah, that's the trick. Is you want that on? You have to have it on all night, probably. Right. That's when they come. It's nighttime, right? Yeah. I wonder how long that would work if it's something they get used to or not. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, That's the question. Trial and error. Well, my my neighbors, what they did is interesting. They had a nativity scene, and so they put the nativity scene on. They took it down, and the deer came into the yard. They put the nativity scene back up again. Now the deer were coming into the oh, kind of a scarecrow effect, <laughs> yeah, right. So that'll work for a short time again, and then unless you move your move your 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 images around a bit, you know, so that it looks like there's in a different spot. 
How can you do that tastefully, though? <laughs> just have like a... There's lots of wise men everywhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they come from afar. They come from afar, and the shepherds come in. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so some interesting ideas with that yes. today. The lights, which is good. Yep. We talked about the like you know yep. for providing them with a different food source, but you know keeping up with that is going to be the trick, of course, if you are going to give them something else to eat besides your yes. trees and shrubs and and right. uh, bulbs and things like that. So that's one thing, Jay. That's really exciting. People are coming into the garden centers is the seeds are starting to arrive oh, okay. so spring is is coming and it's yes. it's exciting even though we got snow on the ground um signs of spring are here and Fantastic. watch university of saskatchewan watch their websites because they have lots of online webinars right now that are great thanks for joining us today we will be back again next weekend same time same place i'm jay with jill and rick this has been garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom